Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 17. This week, the great British summer arrived, dragged, kicking and screaming, but it is, at least for now, finally here. So much of the month has been characterised by dull greyness, gusty winds, cold temperatures and rain, but at last, the season has changed. The grey has parted and opened up the sky to brightly illuminated blues and yellows, the golden warmth of the sun beginning to melt the coldness of the weeks before. It may be a little later than usual, but I will take it. This year's summer is very, very welcome. One of the things I think I have missed most from the past year has been the milestones that provide the signposts for the year. Partly because so much has happened in the same four walls, across the same Zoom connection, on the same computer screen, the distinctions between the important and the unimportant, to the personal and the professional, the exciting and the mundane have all become a little smudged. Of course, every year's milestones lose some of their excitement with the passing of every year. With each year that goes by, they feel perhaps a little less momentous than before. But the excitement they lose in the way they compound together over time, they replace with a different kind of importance. In some ways, they feel like they kind of hold me together. Their reliable arrival and departure, their knowable and inevitable coming and going, it feels comforting. It provides a place to hang your hat. But this past year, there has been so little reliability or predictability to hang a hat on, let alone hanging of decorations to celebrate the milestones of the year. I have missed the important moments, feeling important. And I will not miss the noise of the never-ending, ever-changing, continually important dates in roadmaps, drowning out my familiar and faithful, old, reliable milestones of the year. So as May finally gets the memo, I tip my hat and then hang it up on a trusty friend. Summer is on its way. Summer is such a special time. Maybe it's that my career is based in education, so I'm one of the lucky few adults who still gets a summer holiday. But I think it's more than that. It's the warmth, the smells, the light, the sparks of creativity, the way the world around us seems to relax a little. 
There are so many parts of the British and English identities that I have that I struggle to identify with. So many facets that make me feel deeply uncomfortable. But our collective need to obsess over and the social cohesion that comes from talking about the weather is one aspect of Britishness that I can unreservedly endorse. And in the most British of ways, as I have greeted almost everyone this week, as I have started this week's podcast, I remark on the weather and how it has lifted my spirits. And it has also lifted my eyes. Lifted my eyes to look ahead to this summer and to start to dream of what may come. That is what a little warmth, a little golden sunshine, a little bright blue sky can do. One of the little pieces of magic that comes along with summer is the way that one album can become the soundtrack of the season and, in the years after, act as the portal through which memories of sunshine, friends and excitement flood back, allowing them to be explored again in nostalgic memories. Here are three of my summer albums. 2003, Athlete, Vehicles and Animals. Listening to this album brings back memories of art school. Driving in my Citroen Saxo, parking up at Southampton Common, walking to New College Campus, giving lifts to my friend Adam who wore his jeans low and had the coolest hair and confused 19-year-old me because I didn't know if I fancied him or if I wanted to be him. 2004. McFly. Room on the third floor. Two words. Harry Judd. The first Harry of my dreams, but not the last. This album reminds me of the importance of singing along when it comes to summer albums. Driving, windows down, belting out the hits. 2006, The Kooks, Inside In, Inside Out. This album is maybe the most summer album of any summer albums. It brings back memories of pub quizzes, trips to Brighton and countless summer drives. I confess, I am thirsty for this summer. I have taken to sleeping with my curtains wide open so I can wake up in the earliest of daylight, soaking up every moment of the new summer brightness, even at 5.30am. But as thirsty as I am, 
I also have the hesitance of knowing this pandemic is not fully over and there will be need yet to be cautious in the weeks and months ahead. So I've started a list, a bucket list for summer, I suppose, not to heap pressure on myself to do a lot of things, but to help me make sure I prioritise the most important ones. I am sure it is a work in progress, all things are, but it has been helpful and you may wish to do the same. Here is the top of my list. One, take each niece and nephew for a day out of their own, a day where we just say yes. I'm sorry, mum and dad. Two, spend time with my friend and her new baby when it arrives in a few weeks. Bring them food and love. Three, go running with friends. I'm determined to take this new solo skill and make it social. Four, do creative things with other people. I want to find life drawing or painting or creative writing or songwriting groups. This one is a work in progress still, but there's something there. Five, Brighton. I love Brighton. I miss Brighton. I suppose this is now the proper podcast host thing to say in this moment that you could share your summer bucket list with me on Instagram or Twitter or email. The details are just coming up. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com Until next time.